welcome to Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AJS Plastering, with myself, Sigus Baum. And as always, I'm joined remotely this evening by my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, it's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 269. Thanks to everyone who's tuned into last week's show. Really appreciate you taking the time to do that. It was a bit of a bumper one uh, last week. Lots of talking points, plenty to discuss. Um, as Steve said, yeah, we are remote tonight. Uh, this is going to be our last show of 2021. So I guess kind of ending the year, literally how we started it. I think we were remote at the start of the year as well. So... As is tradition for our final show of the year, it's our Christmas show, so we've got a few messages for you um, from well-known Orient people and uh, a few people from the board as well. We're going to go through the Tranmere game briefly yesterday, talk about the main talking points. We've got Danny Macklin waiting patiently uh, on the line for us as well, and he's going to be answering a few questions that we have uh, as well. But, as always, we do start with a message from our podcast sponsor, and Adam has this week sent in a message for all Orient fans. Here it is. Hi, Paul and Steve. This is Adam from AJF Plastering, the official Orient Outlook podcast sponsor and the original 15% discount. Hope you're all well, keeping safe. Uh, just a little message from me. Uh, just a quick thank you to you boys um, for the great work you do with your podcast and um, the way that you uh, advertise my company. Um, but the main thing I want to say is a massive thank you to all of the Leitner fans and staff that have taken uh, advantage of the 15% discount offer this year. Um, this year has been the best year yet um, in terms of the amount of jobs that we've got in, the amount of jobs we've got done for Orient fans. And it's been nice to meet all the Orient fans along the way, made some new, you know, some new friendships, um, chatted Orient for you know a lot of people whilst doing their work. And uh, you know, best of all, they did get a genuine fifteen percent discount. Um, Paul, yourself, you know this standard that um, that we provide and the. Um, uh, the cost effectiveness of the 15% discount. So a massive thank you to all of the um, uh, Orient fans and and uh, the staff that, again, have taken advantage of that. And, of course, it goes nowhere in 2022. Uh, the discount offer is still there, and uh, I'm quite sure that it will continue for many years to come. Um, so, yeah, uh, a massive thank you to everybody, and hope everyone has a good Christmas. I think we're in a great position on the pitch and off the pitch. I think everyone would have taken uh, sniffing around the playoffs coming up to Christmas. Ideally, we'd have all liked to have been in the playoffs. Um, unfortunately, uh, we might fall short of getting inside the playoffs just before the Christmas break. And hopefully, you know, COVID's not going to uh, affect the playing staff too much more um, in a way that we see that it's detrimental to the squad. Yesterday, I was there. It was a, it was disappointing not to come away with that with a result. Um, but like I say, we're in and around it. Maybe a few more acquisitions in January. But in Kenny, I definitely we definitely have faith in Kenny, and uh, it'd be interesting to see where we finish up with the end of the season. But. Uh, yeah, that's it from me. A Merry Christmas to, to you guys. Merry Christmas to all the fans that listen to the podcast. And uh, see you next year. Happy New Year to you. So that was podcast sponsor Adam Francis. And we thank Adam for all his support for the Outlook in 2021. So as the Beard and the Jade said, we have a special interview 
Tyler, we're very much looking forward to, and we're delighted to say we are joined this evening by the outgoing Leighton Orient CEO. It's the one and only, it's Mr. Danny McLean. Evening, chaps. Evening, Steve. Evening, Paul. How are you? Evening, Dan. Good. How are you? Very good, thank you. Yeah, very well. You look well. You oh, yeah, like uh, a... two, two, I didn't go to yesterday's game, so two two days at, uh, rarity, rarity at home. Right. I just want to get clarification. What's Adam's discount? Because I don't think he mentioned it. <laughs> I just wanted to get clarification of that. I counted five times he mentioned it. At least people don't forget. No, it is, it is a legitimate discount, though. He's the best at what he does, he hence he sponsors. The work is fantastic. I, I, I don't tell him I've got to have some plastering done. He'll be, he'll be around there. When they he will. <laughs> he will, genuinely. He'll help. I'll I tell you what, though. Um, it, my house looks so much better with what he's done. Honestly, so highly recommended. But anyway. On to the questions, yes. Mr. Macklin. So I think there's only one place <laughs> to start. You announced at the Fans Forum recently that you'd be leaving the O's after a four-year reign at the club. So first things first, Danny, why now? Why make the choice now to, to leave the football club? Yeah, firstly, it's the toughest career decision I made. Uh, when I left uh, South United uh, 2017, uh, it was August that I had accepted the role and joined in November 2017. Uh an opportunity has presented itself. I will sort of share a bit more details when it gets closer to my uh, departure date. But effectively, the, there's a number of things I'm doing, but the biggest thing by, by all is uh, I'm setting up a sponsorship uh, uh, agency. Uh, there's a bit more to it than that, but that, that's effectively what I'm doing with one, one of my good friends and a, and a former colleague, not former Orient colleague, for, former colleague from another club. And uh, yeah, I'll be doing that uh, shortly after my uh, end date at the end of February. So... Okay, so un understood all that. So it's obviously a great opportunity for you personally to produce some, pursue something that, that's of great interest to you. Um, kudos to you for that. Absolutely, um, absolutely fantastic. Um, now, with regards to... Like, we've had a lot of people que sending questions about yesterday, and obviously you've read a lot on social media because I've seen you responding, but um, eight... Eight out of 12 games yesterday, so two-thirds of the league was cancelled or postponed yesterday. Um, we just about cobbled together a squad that, unfortunately, if you want to look at it that way, because given the outcome, were eight, were, meant that we had to play yesterday's match. Was there, was there not something that, you know, Paul Smith's hamstring isn't, is still a bit tight and he wasn't quite fit and we'd have only had 13, which meant that we get it called off? Was there... Was there an element of we could have done that, but actually we didn't, or was that never going to be yeah, in our playbook? Yeah, we wouldn't cheat the rules. Uh, I think it's worth pointing out the rules are are, are very clear or made very clear at the start of COVID, uh, especially in recent weeks with uh, sadly the the increasing case rate, uh, and it's fourteen players, one of which has to be an outfield player, and it's pretty much anyone in your squad or that can be called up from from academy or from scholars, etc. It is pretty deep pool that you can uh, go from. Uh, we obviously had those uh, 15 fit players. We actually had 16 when, uh, I think, well, just when they were just about to travel on Friday morning. And, yeah, we are staggered by the amount of games that were actually off. But, yeah, we were able to to, to field what looked, you know, a, a fairly decent uh, 11. I want to yeah, applaud it to, to everyone that played a massive part, A, in getting that game on. Obviously, the result was was not the result we wanted, but I think the performance was was, was much improved on the previous week. Um, but for a bit of luck in front of goal, uh, especially towards the end, we could have come away with a very good 
point from Prenton Park. Now we don't have a game now until Boxing Day, which is seven days away. But then in a short space of time, we have three games in six days and two home games very close to each other. So what does that mean for the club now, Danny? Are you into like an, are you already got a plan of what should happen if something gets announced by Boris? Or is it business as normal now for the next next couple of days? What what, what, yeah, what we, we we've sharpened alongside we have basically have green and red coat uh, protocols for training ground, for hotels, for coach, uh, for match day. We've now moved to the red one as as every other club under the FL rules has. So effectively that means that the training ground is in a sort of no go zone for anyone that's not uh, football staff are obviously for the players uh it means that we'll be doing daily testing uh that's above what the actual requirement is but daily testing of uh, of players and football staff uh we've got gone to single rooms we'll be going certainly for the longer trips like yesterday uh, up to Tranmere. we went in two coaches rather than the usual one and just trying to take every single uh element that we can uh but it's not to be underestimated how much work has to go in it's not just from a paper point of view but making sure that's executed as a number of uh, unsung heroes that are working night and day to make sure that we're as compliant as we can. These COVID measures are, you know, are difficult to adhere to, but they have to be adhered to. And you know, I want to you know, pay real praise to that football staff and non-football staff, as well as the players to, to adhere to what is you know, a stringent set of rules. Hearing how broad the pool of people is that you get, you have to choose from the academies and the scholars, I'm absolutely astounded that the other... Uh, 12 fixtures couldn't go ahead. I mean, surely there's some foul play going on, and not that you can necessarily, not that you're going to comment on that. But I, I find it staggering that that the other games, given that you can use the youth or meant to use the youth, that suddenly all 12 won't be. In yeah, play. there's a, there's an awful lot of because yeah, we keep our academy pretty much uh, separate at the moment from first team operations. Uh, which does make it difficult with the facilities we've got, but we have you have to do that. So there are a number of clubs that won't do that, uh, what they would call cross-contamination. So whilst we've got a few players, uh, Dan, for example, that would, would, would filter in between perhaps at the moment academy and first team, you can't really do that en masse because then you know, one case can spread right the way across. And that's what a number of clubs, I think, are, are very nervous of doing so they can keep their academy set up. And a lot of academies have closed as is normal for this time of year. So they would have closed and have, you know, perhaps not trained for a week. That's not unusual right. for this. And they'd return in January. So I think that's a factor in it as well. And in terms of the three games in six days, I, I guess, are we in constant communication with the other three clubs? I mean, Colchester didn't play yesterday. I don't think Bristol Rovers played yesterday. Is it like a daily communication? Say, look, how is your club? Is there a risk? Yeah, yeah there is. I mean, I think those two were the, the oppositions. Colchester certainly was. It was Hartlepool uh, that had, had the COVID cases, I believe. So, yeah, it is regular dialogue. Uh, it is a really difficult one. Yeah, we were... We were working through the night on Thursday night and, and into the early hours uh, regarding this. And you know, whilst we'd love to communicate a running commentary to, to the opposition and to fans, more importantly, it's not practical to do that because the last thing you want to do is to, to forewarn them and then yeah, they think they've got an easy ride sort of thing. So it is communication, but most of that is done you know, WhatsApp and email and, and calls rather than anything that's done in the, done in the public. But say, so rest assured, as soon as we know, if there is any doubt to any fixture... Uh, yeah, the first people to know once we do know for certain will be, the, of course, the fans that are due to travel to these games. Yeah, I think that was a bit of nervousness there for some fans travelling. But okay, so moving on then, um, half year season tickets are currently up, and you set, 
not an ambitious target, but you've set a target that you want to achieve. Yeah, season card sales have just been absolutely crazy. We're now well over 100 half-season cards sold. So we, you know, I think we're going to get close to 4,500, know, which is something else. What we want to see now, and I, I you know, understand that some people can't attend, uh, uncomfortable attending. We want to really increase the percentage of those people that turn up. We saw on the Tuesday night game a couple of weeks ago, it was the Swindon uh, emphatic victory, just the amount of season card holders that didn't turn up. Uh, it's, it's understandable in certain circumstances, but yeah, it'd be really good to to, in, to increase that number of people that are actually able to regularly attend the games at the Braga Group Stadium. We're obviously two very important home games, uh, last game of the year and the first game of next year uh, on the horizon. I guess it might be quite early to say, but in terms of attendances and people maybe being scared of going to the ground against Newport and possibly uh, Bristol Rovers, and maybe scared of going to the club shop. Do you, do you think you're going, we're going to lose much much income over the Christmas period? I saw the shop is closed uh, for the next couple of days. Obviously, working for a retailer, I know how difficult footfall is at the moment. Do you expect that to kind of have a bit of a hit on the club's income over, over peak, anything like you budgeted for at all? Yeah, it has, it has had a bit in terms of Christmas. A large chunk of our, uh, obviously, revenue comes from match day or online. There's not a, a huge amount that comes through the door. Uh, just naturally it's still comfortable but yeah made a decision to close the shop for the couple of days it would have been open this week for, for twofold really staff need a little bit of a break uh, and we really want to hit the ground running with our sales we've got planned for Boxing Day uh, and it's yeah just to try and protect our bubbles as much as we possibly can we've cancelled a couple of non-match day events uh, but very much that will all reopen uh, come the start of uh, January Speaking of the club shop, next season we're going to have a different badge, a different manufacturer's badge uh, on our kits. Tell us, tell us how that sort of happened, how and and sort of what what we can look forward to from Puma. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Uh, obviously, I, you know, I could design anything, and then I could blame on someone else, could I? But uh, yeah, those designs are signed off. So when it comes to them being revealed in June, I can I can take the blame, and uh, I won't have to answer people on my social media with it, will I? But yeah, yeah we I did. did a large tendering process. You name the manufacturer, we met with them. Uh, we'd obviously previously worked with Puma, uh, and it's, it, yeah, it's clearly a, a great brand. Uh, and we like the look and feel of the materials, the designs of the, the home and the second kit will be uh, exclusive to us. Uh, the third kit will be more, more of a less tailored one, should we say, for want of a better phrase. Uh, and a, 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 an extended range of leisure wear and training wear as well that we will announce, I would imagine, uh, sort of April, May time. Uh, but yeah, I want to say thank you for the support that New Balance has given us over the last few years. Uh, they've given us some, some, some good some good kits, but hopefully this uh, Puma range that we've got planned for this year, and we're already having to start pretty soon, 23, 24, which sounds bonkers, but that will, uh, I, I will leave that, whoever comes into my shoes, to, uh, to, to, to have the excitement of doing that one. Mm. <laughs> so obviously you, we mentioned you leaving the club at the end of Feb, that isn't that long away, even though that might sound daft. I'm sure the weeks will fly by. That's only nine weeks away. So, Danny, is there what do you aim to have accomplished by the time you leave the club? I know there's obviously lots of different things going on, but by the end of Feb, when you leave Leighton Orient, is there anything that you set and say have to have done, or personally that you want done by the time you walk out those doors for the last time? Yeah, good, good, good question. Get a COVID thing, uh, hopefully off our agenda because at the moment that's all that's all I'm able to do and all, all a lot of the staff are able to do but there's a lot of things we want to try and do to really sort of drive the match day experience 
Uh, I think we've made some inroads, but I think that's the one thing I look back on the four years that we truly haven't really captured. Uh, it kind of came natural, the atmosphere during the National League time. Then we had all the COVID impact, etc. And it's been, you know, why do we want to spend area on that? Without fans there last year, would have been a complete waste of money. Uh, I think we've fallen a little bit behind the eight ball on it, but there is now a team working on that to really drive that forward. So come the end of February, um, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll have crowds a little bit better entertained uh, in terms of the pre-game stuff, half-time stuff, and even post-game stuff. It's an area that we really need to hit to appeal to new audiences. When, when you, I think when we got promoted, I vaguely remember you saying that by the time you'd hit a certain age that you wanted to be an EFL CEO and you'd, you'd achieved that, that particular target and ambition, have you achieved all the ambitions that you perhaps set out for yourself at Orient? No, uh, and that sounds like I'm criticising myself, but I wanted us to get to very close to break even. We're, we're a mile off it. Uh, the mile will soon become less with the uh, fan-led review uh, and the fair game movement. That obviously, you guys did a fantastic interview with Noel Cooper on it. There's another plug to go back to episode, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Uh, but it, you know, the reality is that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but in order for that light to be truly realised, there's a huge amount of work we've got to do. So myself, Nigel and others will really be shouting from the rooftops at the turn of the year. We'll be speaking to every one of our MPs, every one of our fans, every fan group, every podcast, fanzine, etc. We have got a huge amount to do and that, that's the biggest thing I look back on is that I think we've now got a platform to be able to become sustainable. I think it's going to take another couple of years but the COVID impact has had a massive impact clearly on that but this club has to be able to stand on its own two feet it's got the fan base to be able to do it and yeah we can't keep going to Nigel Kent Nick Coley all of the board and saying we need money we need money we need money yeah we're going to lose somewhere like one and a half million this year pre-Covid being an impact I look back two years ago we were budgeting to lose half a million uh, this year so you can see the impact that Covid has had we've driven revenues massively but yeah, we've still got a high cost base and we've still got you know, losses of revenues from certain areas uh, that, that are stopping at the moment, that reality. Great to hear. Great to hear. What, what do you think you'll miss most about working at the O's when the time comes to leave? I know there's constant early conference calls with Nigel, so I'm, I presume you won't miss getting up at the crack of dawn, or maybe you will, uh, to speak to Nigel and Ken. What, what do you think you'll miss the most? Yeah, good question. Uh, not giving it that much thought around. So I want to add, so I said it was a tough decision. Uh, it's been on my head for, for, for a number of months. And I say, absolutely, it's, it's something I wanted to, to work for myself, uh, albeit within uh, a good business partner. But it's, it is going to be a wrench. Uh, and I genuinely want to come back as a fan. Uh, I think I'm going to miss the, the, the work that goes into to running the football club. Uh, it's made so much easier because of the staff I've got behind me and the board I've got. Uh, above me and around me. Uh, but I'm going to miss all of that work that you put in on, on a Monday to Friday for, for that being able to sit down on a Saturday and people are in the ground, they've had a beer, etc. and just um, watch the game. going to miss that that buzz. You know, we, we will play that small part in achieving success and it will be uh, it will be a wrench to, to see that happen. Do you have a favourite moment from the last four years? There's been plenty oh, yeah. of highs and lows. Uh, What's your favourite? Yeah, there's been some. There's been some certain highs. So there's no doubt about it. There's obviously been some counter lows in it. But I think it was. Yes, it's a cliche. It was that moment of being on the balcony. Uh, I was lucky to have 
wife Claire and son Harry next to me when we secured that moment. Braintree is obviously where I live. Childhood team, brother played for them. Uh, I, I didn't play for them because I'm rubbish. Uh, but it, it, it was ironic it was against that. But yeah, just that sheer moment. I don't think it was the moment when the referee blew his whistle. It was the moment when the Salford score kept coming through. And yeah, we just knew we did it. And seeing Nigel and Kent just realise for that, that split second, wow, we've we've done step one of this journey. And yeah, the, the work that went into that from, from, from Justin, from everyone was yeah, richly deserved. Do you ever have any moments where you kind of it's late at night and you're sitting back relaxing and you look at an England shirt with Kane on the back or a Leighton Orient shirt with Haven House on the front and go, bloody hell, Harry Kane, Leighton Orient. That was my idea in the shower. <laughs> yeah, we, we were watching a uh, sports personality uh, uh, earlier on. You said, God, it seemed like the Euros was ages ago. Uh, and I had a nice email this week from Charlie's... Uh, Kane is obviously Harry's brother and, and his team sort of looking back on the year and it was just like well the last two years is something incredible what we've done uh, but it's been done because of Harry's absolute you know amazing generosity with and continued support of it and you know to see those three charity partners on there and the global coverage we've got it, 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 we'll never see anything like that it was is and was absolutely fantastic we had a question from nine, at 1965-1881. He says, does Danny ever get fed up answering the same questions time and time again? I'm assuming he's alluding to things like, why are you saying it's a sold out, uh, a full house when, when, <laughs> when there's only 6,000? Why have you closed the East Stand and the South Stand? Why is the ticket this? Why is the website that? Why isn't this working? Why aren't there lids for Bovrils? Why aren't there a scoreboard? Why isn't there a scoreboard? Do you get fed yeah, up uh, to repeat yourself? You want to see my direct messages on my to, especially <laughs> after a defeat. It it's, it's, uh, makes my wife laugh, if nothing else. But it, it's, yeah, that, there's, that comes with a job. But 99% of the questions are uh, more than justified and a pleasure to answer. But it's, yeah, it's just that 1% of the time for your life. I've said this before. Yeah. I've said this before. But. It's funny, Matt Porter said on, on this podcast as well that whenever there was a win, his email inbox for the Monday morning was barely, barely touched. If we lost yeah. on the weekend, his inbox would be utterly flooded. So Yeah, the, the beer gets warm and the burgers get cold when when, when, when you've got to say it's, it's incredible how it affects yeah. it. Christmas is on the way, Danny. What, what does Christmas look like? Obviously, you've got a young family. It's a, it's a time for family. What does Christmas look like for you? Well, whether the, the, the fixture computer, I know the guy that actually does the, the uh, input in a bit, says have cultured away, which is, say, 10 miles from my house. Very, very kind of them to, <laughs> to, to do that. But, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's quite a nice Christmas schedule this year. So I'm going to say trying to give every staff possible, not football staff, because clearly they've got a slightly busy schedule, but as much as possible for everyone to have that breather uh, before these last 12 months. It's been chaos for every industry, but... It's, uh, yeah, we need, need, need to, a bit of downtime, a bit of family time, I think, for everyone and yeah, enjoy this festive season. Uh, we'll announce, hopefully, in the next couple of days what games we can stream over Christmas. So if you can't physically get to, to games, hopefully you're better taking at least one or two of them uh, via UK streaming. Wicked. Lovely. Well, I'm, go- I'm going away, so um, I'll be, able to, I'll be uh, legally eligible to, to watch that. So that's a touch. Um, just to finish, Danny, like we, we're really grateful to you. It's a Sunday night now. It's it's just coming up to ten past nine, so we don't want to keep you any longer. Just have you got a Christmas message 
for the O's fans. I'm hoping this won't be your last um, uh, appearance on the podcast. So just uh, from this at this point in time, you, you got a Christmas message for for the Orient fans listening? Yeah, I'll try not to make this long-winded, but above all else, try and have a safe Christmas. I think one of the MPs, uh, they say some silly things at times, but one of them said about doing the stuff that's really important here. Hopefully that is being down with your real family, if not your Orient family, down at games over the next couple of weeks and enjoying those moments, doing so safely. Uh, you know, we will provide as much safety and comfort as we can for people coming to games over the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months. But above all else, try and enjoy that, that, that safety thing. And I really want to say thank you for the absolute huge amount of really nice messages. I, uh, on the night after I announced I was leaving, I woke up that following morning, 719 notifications, wow. which was really heartwarming. It took a long time to, to read. I tried to respond to as many as I can. So it was really, really good. But you know, the support I've had from absolutely everyone, my, my team, you know, I've got the best team uh, off the pitch, uh, the support that anyone, any CEO could ask for. So whoever does come into the shoes, got a really really good base I think to build from and I think that's why we've yeah we've had so many applicants so far no doubt we'll get a few good ones as well coming through in addition to that but yeah stay safe enjoy I want to say thank you guys for everything that you've done uh, you provide a fantastic podcast uh, yeah there are other podcasts available but this one is yeah, certainly it's one of the best free definitely uh, but yeah you've got, oh, you, you've got <laughs> he's doing so well <laughs> yeah, you've got a, you've got a, a really good podcast here I enjoy as I said before having a run to your podcast there's a couple of times I've stopped and sort of gone <sighs> whilst running <laughs> but it's, it's re- really good and yeah you're going to come up soon to 300 no doubt towards the end of the season or the early next season and uh that's testament to you guys that are doing that. So, yeah, thank you for everything that you do. The fair game movement is such a critical thing, as is this fan-led review. So I'm going to make no apology come January. Uh, you're probably going to be going, we've heard this, we've heard this. This is critical. You know, football really can jump out of the mess that it's in at the moment financially and really create uh, an exciting uh, future for the game at all levels of the pyramid, whether it's Walthamstow FC down the road, whether it's Leighton Orient, or whether it's the team at the top of the Championship, or top of the Premier League, we can all have a structure that really, truly can support football in this country, uh, as well as providing great support for the grassroots. Brilliant. Great stuff. Great stuff. Danny, like Paul said, thank you so much for being our guest this evening. And also thank you for everything you've done for Leighton Orient Football Club uh, over the last four years. Like we said, we try and get you back for a Danny McLean special yeah. Once you have left, uh, no, that will get the fans rolling in. So, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy New Year, and uh, up the O's. Nice one, Dan. Thank you, mate. Stay safe, be well. All the best. Take care. Danny Macklin, everybody. Thank you Bye. very much indeed. See you later. So, that was Leighton Orient's current but outgoing CEO, Danny Macklin. Uh, and now we've got uh, normal podcast business sprint with a sprinkling of messages from a number yes. of well-known Orient people. But we're going to start with the Supporters Club update. Absolutely. We have the ghost of Christmas past, Christmas present and Christmas future. Very exciting, Mr Levy. Supporters Club, we're going to tell you about one trip, the big trip to Stoke City, currently scheduled for Sunday the 9th of January, <coughs> departing the Supporters Club at half past eight. This one kicks off at two o'clock, £35 flat fare for this one. Kids um, 15 and under can travel for £18. No concessions. Uh, you can book pre or post match in the supporters club. And please note the price does not include your match ticket. You can also book via the travel line on 0507 539 no, no, start again. 5 
seven. No, 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 you read it. You read that wrong. You went oh five oh seven. Oh seven five oh seven. Ledge five three nine five seven nine to book your ticket. So we've heard already uh, from our podcast sponsor. We've heard already from CEO Danny Macklin. Let's have a few more messages. So up next, we're going to bring you messages from two investors. First up, we had him on the podcast back in August or September. So Christmas message from Mr. Coley Perry. Hi, this is Coley Perry wishing everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Stay safe out there and we'll see you in 20... Oh, sorry, that was me. Stay safe out there and we'll see you in 2022. Up the O's. Oh, that was me. So that was Coley Perry with his Christmas message. Up next, a lovely message, not only from Nick Samaka, but his wife as well. So this is what the Samakas are saying to O's fans. Hi, it's Jenny and Nick Samaka sending greetings from across the pond. We want to wish everyone in the Orient family our best wishes for a happy and healthy holiday season. We are both looking forward to an exciting 2022 and a strong push by the lads to go up. Come, Come on, you O's! <laughs> Love that. Oh, that is a Christmas that is absolutely fantastic. Beautiful stuff. So thank you to Coley. Thank you to Nick uh, and the wife. Yeah. Thank you to everyone so far for the message. There's a lot more, a lot more to come. So I guess it's normal, Mr. Levy. Let's do uh, a small piece of AOB. Yeah, piece of good news to bring you this week. XO Darren Purse has taken on the role of managing the under-23 side at Cardiff City. So we wish Darren and his team every success in that role. Most fans will remember Darren Purse good defender for the O's back in the day and we wish him every success in his new role at Cardiff City. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on in to the week that was. We'll start with Happy Monday, the 13th of December. We wish a happy birthday to O's chairman, Nigel Travis. But it's not only Nigel's birthday, it's also his son's, David Travis's birthday as well, who share their special day. So as we're talking about Nigel right now, we normally leave Nigel's message to the end, but it seems like a perfect time to put Nigel's message in. So here is a message from O's chairman, Nigel Travis. Hi everyone, it's Nigel here. I want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Obviously, we're in very uncertain times with the coronavirus. Uh, All the games that were off today, fortunately, we played. Unfortunately, we lost, but I think we played quite well. Tough to predict the next few weeks. So very uncertain times. But here's the good news. I think we got ourselves into a good situation this year and I'm determined to do everything we can to make sure that we go up. We have a great manager in Kenny. I think we have a very strong squad. We're still in the FA Cup, which is something we haven't achieved in our ownership. And we've got the transfer window coming up. So that's going to give us a chance to reinforce the squad. So plenty of good things to think about. But in the meantime, I want everyone to take care of themselves, be extremely, extremely careful because the virus is very tough. But in the meantime, try and get together safely with your family. Enjoy the holiday period. And most of all, thank you for all your support for the O's. Up the O's. So that was O's chairman, Nigel Travis. Thank you so much, Nigel for that message. I quite like listening to, well, I always enjoy listening to Nigel, but hearing him talk about January, hearing his determination and ambition to get promoted, mm. hearing him talk about Kenny, 
And like Adam said, you know, I think we all would have taken where we are at this moment in time. All right, it could be better, but it could be far, far worse. So I was really pleased to hear that, what Nigel had to say. Yeah, he's always positive, always looks at the positive. It's, you know, doesn't doesn't shirk anything and uh, always remains positive. But I guess, you know, he's he's that's a good thing to have because obviously he's privileged to know everything that's going on in and around the club. So yeah, thanks Nigel. Really appreciate you sending a message in to us. So we move on then to, uh, to carry on with just one other piece of news from Monday, the 13th of December and the result of the sky bet league Two vote for the goal of the month for November was won by our very own Harry, Harry Smith. He got 43% of the vote in the end. I think he was lagging just behind. And then a concerted effort by Orient fans and Harry himself uh, to get voting uh, for him, for his goal. Uh, just beating Omar Bugil, uh, who had 40% of the vote. Uh, so well done to Harry Smith. And obviously he was pictured at the training ground uh, this week with his award. So well done, Harry. Worthy winner, that. Yeah. Well done, well done, Mr. Smith. I think Lawrence Vigaru done a tweet that put Cuba on the map for it. I think I'd say well done to Luke Lambourne, who came up with some amazing tweets to uh, really push that. So well done to everyone uh, who we didn't mention there. So to Who A Tuesday, 14th of December, the club announced Steve Opie is the new club chaplain. He replaces former Orient midfielder Alan Comfort, who leaves the role. So we wish Steve good luck with it with the club and Alan all the best for the future. I think it's been a good two minutes since we've last had a message. So let's have another one. So another uh, member of the board. This time we've got the truly magnificent Matt, Matt, Matt Porter and here's his Christmas message for O's fans. Hi everyone, it's Matt Porter here. Hope you're all well and looking forward to an enjoyable Christmas with your loved ones, wherever you might be listening in from. It's been great having everyone back at Brisbane Road over the last six months or so, and I think the lads have responded with some fantastic performances. We've certainly seen lots of goals and lots of hope for the second half of the season as Kenny, Joe, all the staff and all the players look to move us up towards League One. So stick with everybody. Thanks for your support again, and we look forward to seeing you after Christmas. Have a good one. Great stuff. Have a good one yourself, Matt. Thanks for all the support for the podcast in 2021. So let's go through Wednesday the 15th, Thursday the 16th, and Friday 17th of December, as there was absolutely no news in a very quiet three days at the club. So before we move on to Saturday the 18th of December, let's hear from some uh, players of Orient Christmas past. We... I've been doing this, like Danny said, almost up to 300 now. And in that time, we've had the privilege of getting to know some of the players and doing some amazing interviews uh, with pretty much all of these guys. The first message was from our first ever player interview, Mr. Lee. And I remember the fear mm. in both our eyes. The fear saw... and the excitement, <laughs> all, all in one. It was a real hodgepodge of emotions because he was walking up my drive. I was like, really, this guy's walking up my drive to come in my house to do our very first interview, nerves were absolutely blitzed. As we saw him walking up your drive and knocking on your door and we both looked at each other and we cannot believe Matt Lockwood is here in your house talking to us about Orient. So we're amazed to still have such a great relationship with all of these guys. So first up is the left-back penalty-taking, hat-trick, free-kick-scoring maestro. Legend. This is Mr Matthew Lockwood. 
Hi guys, it's Matt Lockwood here. Thanks for the invite to come on your Christmas show. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. I just wanted to take this opportunity to wish all the Orient fans a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hopefully, we'll be celebrating promotion to League One in 2022. A good few results over Christmas. We'll see the boys fly up the league table and fingers crossed into the automatic promotion places. Anyway, have a great Christmas, everyone. See you all soon. So that was Matt Lockwood. Thank you, Matt, and a great interview back in the day. That must have been yeah. 2014. Yeah, it was. It was Thank one of our. It was literally one. We'd not long been going. I can't remember exactly what episode it is, but it's it's on our SoundCloud yeah. playlist. So anyone that's interested in hearing what Matt Lockwood had to say, you can certainly go back and listen to him. And next up, we've got one of our favourite strikers, one of the favourite pe- one of my favourite people actually. Um, One of my favourite Orient songs that I would say that I still love singing because yeah. it just rolled off the tongue beautifully. Yeah. Super, super care, super, super care, super, super care, super care, Lizzie. Absolutely. So let's listen to what Super Kev had to say. He sent us a quick message. Hi, this is Kevin here. Um, I just want to wish all my ex-Orient family um, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's hope um, in May we'll be celebrating celebration along with the team and the management. So, um, yeah, I just want to wish everyone a happy Christmas um, and let's hope um, next year is a great year for the club. So, everyone, take care of yourselves. Bye. Cheers. Nice one, Kev. And also, if anybody's interested, his two boys are in the academy at Watford doing extremely well there. Been uh, One of them was invited to, to train and be around the first team. So, having been... Uh, their, their journey's a really interesting journey. Uh, they were at Orient's Academy. They got released. They were with West Ham having a look. A few other clubs having a look. They went and played Sunday League. Got picked up again. Watford have offered them academy terms and they're doing really well there. Um, so it just shows you what effort and determination and desire and hard work can, can really do for you. Yeah, amazing. And thank you to Kev for the message. Like we said, we've spoken to Kevin... Uh, back a few years ago. We spoke to him just after he left the club. He gave us a two-part interview that was very revealing back when things were starting to look a bit gloomy for the O's. So that was a great and emotional interview. So thank you to Mr Lisby. So two ex-players down, two left to come. Next up, captain, centre-back, promotion-winning captain and promotion-winning centre-back extraordinaire. This is Mr John Mackey. Hi, Paul and Steve. Hope you're well. It's your favourite Orient captain, John Mackey. Just want to wish all the O's fans a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Keep well, keep safe. Hope to see you all soon. Love, Mackey. (laughs) Love that message. What a man. Thank you very much to John Mackey at Walthamstow FC. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas, John. We hope you have some great results at Walthamstow. So one more play is left to go this man we spoke to he gave a great interview he's always on social media showing his support for the O's I think he might have had a sherbet or two before this uh, message came over (laughs) (laughs) I think he did it on a Saturday he did it on a Saturday evening I think you're right I think it was two or three sherbets in by by the time he sent this but this is possibly one of the most enjoyable messages I've ever listened to it's from the one and only (laughs) Dino hi guys Dean Cox here just wanted to wish my O's family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's hope that next year brings promotion. Kia ora, you O's. Orient, Orient. 
Chinese magic you do goes by the name of Peter. <laughs> Amazing work, Jay, Mr. Cox. Thank you to all of those four players for their Love messages. It. it still astounds me that when we started this podcast, we get to you know have such close contact with all of those ex-players. It astounds me. I'm very proud of that. So thanks to all of those guys who left messages, um, and we hope you all have the most wonderful Christmas that you possibly can with your lovely families. Absolutely, indeed. So let's move on then to Saturday the 18th of December. We're going to quickly run through the Tranmere uh, match, but just before we do, wishing a happy, happy, heavenly birthday to the late, great Justin Edinburgh. Yeah, absolutely. So main event then was Tranmere Rovers away. Before the game, we ran a Twitter poll on the Thursday night to find out how you thought the O's would get on. We had 200 and nine votes in 24 hours. This was a very, very close poll. Uh, recently, they've been well apart, but all three were very closely tied. We had 30% of you thinking the O's would win, with 34% thinking the O's would lose, and 36% thinking the O's would draw. So very, very close to the poll there. So thank you to everyone who voted in our Twitter poll and who has voted in any of our Twitter polls in 2021. Absolutely. So at two o'clock, the team was announced. Slightly amended team, as you'll obviously all know by now. But Lawrence Figaro was in goal. Sweeney, Thompson, Happy, and Ogie were at the back with Wood. It was Young, Clay, Kemp in the middle, and Drinnen and Smith up top. Although that's not the formation we played, obviously. Byrne, Papadopoulos, Sotiriu, and Smith were the four substitutes that were named. Yeah, they were indeed. So that meant in came Jaden Sweeney. So he was recalled from his loan spell at Wildstone. Matt Young came in, making his full league debut. Connor Wood was back in, and as was Dan Happy. Out then were Theo Archibald, Alex Mitchell, Omar Beckles, Tom James, Darren Prattley. Is a mixture of injury, suspension, and COVID-related cases. So only four players named on the bench, one of them being Paul Smith. And it was widely, and Danny has said earlier, speculated or confirmed at the time that the O's just met the EFL criteria for playing the game with 14 players available. Any less, and that game would have been off. But it wasn't. It was on, in my view, when I first saw that, writing down, I just said, that is an absolute bare bones of a squad. But I was surprised there wasn't more youth players on the bench at the time. You're looking at it and going, where's Amatoyi? Where's Nkrumah? You know, but mm. I guess Danny has spoken about the way the youth team had kept them apart from the squad. But I was surprised at that point at two o'clock when I saw that with only four subs, that game was actually allowed to be played. Yeah, I think you're right. In Omotoy, where's where's he? Maybe he's gone back to, maybe he's gone back to Norwich. Um, you would expect because he's not a youth player. He's been signed on loan. So, yeah, good good shout there. Good point. I think we're lucky to have this game on, to be honest. And I can't. I'm, I'm still scratching my head as to how other clubs are not in the same position as us, where they've got a squad that they could put together, um, even with fringe players that they could put a squad together. Obviously, that's not in their best interest to do that. So how is it that the EFL haven't just gone carpet ban on on everyone for everyone's health and safety sake? They'll do anything just to keep the integrity of the competition, and I use that in in inverted speech commas, uh, speech marks. Um, but on the positive side of things, it does give the fringe players, the Woods and the Happies, for example, and obviously um, Young as well, an opportunity to perhaps play into Kenny's plan so that when the others do come back, it's, well, actually, hold on a minute, these guys have come in, 
in difficult circumstances to do a job and they've done a very, very good job. So it's, it's a huge opportunity for, the, for them. Yeah, we had loads and loads and loads of views come in when this team was announced. Probably the most amount ever yeah. in a pre-match team tweet. The first one came in was from Len M4. This is surprisingly impressed at the strength of the first 11 given COVID shenanigans. I mean, it's not it's not the weakest team you will ever see. It's a pretty decent lineup. are just missing some absolutely key players. Yeah, absolutely. Orient Fan TV said, close to the game being called off by the look of it with withdrawals and only half a bench, still hoping the boys get back to winning ways. Yeah, Len Chin Chin once. It's such a depleted team. It's unfair to expect a convincing win. The club has nothing to fall back on in time, but it's afraid I'm expecting a loss. Simon Linden said, all I'm saying is, if we get a point, it'd be like Everton getting a point at Chelsea. Park that bus, boys. Yeah, Alan Reeves too. It's amazing how League Two clubs are playing when the big boys in the Premier League are calling their games off. Yeah, 100%. One rule for one and one rule for someone else. I've heard that recently somewhere else. Casey Adams, LOFC, said, Kenny said everyone will play a part at the start of the season. Now is the time to see the rest of the squad. Sweeney must have bundles of confidence. Smith and Drynan in form up front. Let's get at them straight away. And I've just realised I've caught myself. I said Drynan when I announced the team, but it's Drynan, just to be clear. Uh... <coughs> Watson, 0-2-1-2. So if we get a draw, I'll be over the moon at that. Speedy recovery, though, to the players affected by COVID. Yeah, absolutely. That's a fair comment. Ian Hutchinson, 0-8, said, Looks like we've been forced to use the squad today. I have faith in them getting a result. And to be fair, Kenny Jackett is no mug, and I'm sure he will have a master game plan for these players and today's opponents. Yeah, Les OK, 52, said, Absolute disgrace the game's going ahead. Makes a mockery of the competition. And I'd say that even if we win. Chris Cow too said, missing four of our best players, depending on whether or not Tranmere have also been hit. A draw would be an excellent result. Yeah, and the last week pre-match came from Dave M1812. So he thinks that this is a free hit. Surely nobody can criticise the team or Kenny if they come away with nothing. Mm. If they do get some kind of result, then it will be amazing and they will deserve all the plaudits. Yeah. That's fair enough as well. So the match kicked off with Tranmere looking to build on their last three league wins in a row against an O's team, looking for their first away win in six matches. And we started quite well, I think it's fair to say. Fourth minute, Drynan got the better of McDonald, got into the box, but cut. But his cutback pass was inter- intercepted by Spearing. Yeah, 10th minute then, Harry Smith fired over. He um, tried an ambitious lob over Doohan, who was a Tranmere keeper. After he miskicked his clearance. Yeah, you'll see that in the club's closer look highlights. If you fast forward to about 3 minutes 10, uh, you'll see that opportunity there. Uh, 10 minutes later, Dan Kemp had a free kick easily saved and then a shot went just wide of the post and Connor Wood tried his luck from distance, but his shot was blocked in the 22nd minute. Yeah, it's not playing too bad at the moment. I keep yeah. saying a few things to be alert of, so not bad. No major talking points now. Until the 42nd minute, a Dan Kemp free kick caused Tramis some problems in their box, but they eventually got the ball cleared. Yeah, 45th minute, so just on the stroke of half-time, Tranmere had their first real chance of the game as Hawks drove forward from inside his half, and with the defence backing away, he shot a cross goal, forced Lawrence Vigarou to make a decent save. Yeah, decent save. They're all from an Adam Thompson kind of losing control of the ball, and he was away there, man. He got kind of got their crowd... Well, on their case, and the half time ended shortly after 
with neither team able to break the deadlock as the teams went in goalless at the break. Yeah, the O's came out for the second half unchanged and Dan Happy took a booking for a late challenge in the 47th minute. Nine minutes later, Jay Spear and fired Tramir ahead with a bullet shot into the top bins as we failed to clear an attack. The ball came to Spearing, who was alone just outside our box. He punished us. He took a shot. ball flew past on its figure and it was 1-0 to the hosts. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to point fingers, I think Kemp's the nearest man to Spearing who just kind of let him, let him be there. And you can't do that with Jay Spearing. I don't think he's scored a goal in quite a long time. Um... Good shot, no question about it. But I think if you close Jay Spearing down, he doesn't take the shot. Yeah, absolutely. Quality strike, but mm. at the same point, poor marking. So Yo's were a goal down. 65th minute in, first Orient sub as Paul Smith replaced Dan Kemp. And Adam Thompson picked up a yellow card for a cynical foul a minute later. Yeah, 70th minute in, dangerous free kick from Paul Smith, headed behind for corner. That came to nothing, but it's Tranley counted. Jaden Sweeney took one for the team. He took out the Tranmere attacker and earned himself a yellow card, but had to be done there. So I guess well played, Jaden. Yeah, absolutely. You'll get never get a criticism for me there. If you do it at the right place at the right time, taking one for the team, that's what it's all about. Good attacking move in the 71st minute. Saw Paul Smith and Aaron Drinnen link up as Smith's shot was comfortably saved by Doohan. You could tell that Smith was having a real impact on the game, was finding little pockets of space. Uh, being a lot more effective than Dan Kemp, I would have to say, yeah. causing him a lot more problems the way he was kind of floating around His pace. in that role, to having a good impact yeah. on the game. 74th minute then, Vigoru had to make a smart low save from a dipping shot, and from the follow-up, Chamber went close again as a Peter Clark header just went wide of the far post. If that had gone in, that would be game over, but didn't, all to play for still. Yeah, 82 minutes on the clock, and Jaden Sweeney put a cross into the box from close range, Harry Smith, headed over and I think he'd be very upset with himself for not putting that way that's the equalising goal that's the one where you think you know Kenny Jackett refers to it in his post matches about Smith missing a chance I think that one you'd argue that that's 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 one of those guilt edge chances that you've got to put you've got to put away and he's missed a few it's not you know you, I don't know is there a confidence problem maybe I mean he comes across really positively in his post match presses but I don't know maybe he's just not quite there at the moment I think I, I think I mentioned this later in my notes. There's a reason why Harry Smith plays at League Two level. That's it. If he scored every chance he gets, he'd be playing in the Premier League. Unfortunately, a League Two striker will miss chances like that. And we're going to talk about Dryden missing probably a just as good as chance and Harry Smith missing an even better chance. But this is League Two. And I think Smith will be disappointed, yeah. But if he scores all those chances, then he'd never play for Leighton Orient, I think. But... Great delivery from Sweeney, a great cross. He's put himself in the uh, in the running to be a constant pl- replacement for Tom James, who we found out that we'll talk about in Jackie's notes or post-match interview that James is going to be out for a while. So a massive opportunity for Sweeney, but a decent cross there from Sweeney. Yeah, Harry Smith should have done much better. There's going to be a, a few more chances. In the 84th minute, an even better chance as a corner was played in from Smith. Happy headed over, unmarked from close range so for me again Dan Appy should score that you want, you're not going to get a better chance than that another guilt edge chance to yeah. score and if we scored in the 84th minute or the 82nd minute could have been so so different yeah towels go up heads go up and suddenly you've got Smith on who's got his head down being direct being evasive yeah. to the defenders you know Peter Clark is there 
their main main sort of centre back there, their club captain. Don't think you could live with him. Um, you know that that back line. Two minutes later, and some good skill and movement from Paul Smith again saw his cross, uh, saw him cross, but it was cleared easily. Yeah, we went close in the 88th minute after Connor Woods cross was flicked on by Paul Smith. The ball came to Harry Smith. He lashed a shot at goal. Duhan made a smart low save. Ball came back out to Aaron Drynan. Ball was bouncing. Drynan took it on. But put the ball over the bar when it seemed easier to score. I, I don't know what, I think that's a harder chance than both of Smith's. The, the way the ball was coming to him and at the trajectory. But I think Drynan would have expected to score that. And we expected him to score that given what we've seen. But that was... That was difficult, but what this is like the third chance we're talking about over the last eight minutes that we really should have put away. And you can't keep missing chances like this. And I think the best chance we haven't even spoken about yet is coming up very shortly, but Dwyer will be very disappointed with that. But the keeper's made a good save there initially from Harry Smith. Yeah, I mean, obviously that chance wouldn't have happened because the game would have reset from the centre spot and not from a goal kick. But arguably, if you put one of the previous two chances away... Any chance later on is 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 a bonus because you know we've got a depleted squad out there and here we are talking about at the moment Dan Happy Smith and Drynan missing good good opportunities for us. Um, four minutes of added time were added on and played uh, out. You, you, you've missed one more chance. A minute later, Harry Smith oh, missed. I think the best chance of all of them as he headed over the bar from an Aaron Drynan cross. For me, that's the easiest because he's unmarked. It's pretty central to goal. Mm. It's quite close to goal as well. He's got no pressure. Their centre-backs completely missed it. That's the one. And you go, mate, come on. Yeah. And that's weird. If anyone was watching or following on Twitter, you just thought, nah, not today. Yeah. But that's four chances in the last 10 minutes. Well, on another day, they would have scored all four. And you'd be talking about an absolute mullering. Not to be our day. But like I said, for me, there's a reason why Harry Smith plays at League Two level. He'll score 20 for you. Maybe 25. But... There's something that he's just going to miss, unfortunately. One of those days, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you're right, um, and and I think it's also one of those where, uh, you know, as, as you said earlier, if he was uh, a better player, he wouldn't be in League Two, I guess. Um, but I don't yeah. want to criticise the guy too much. I don't think no, that's absolutely. fair because what he has done for this club is he's put himself in double figures with the record that he had previously. When everyone was jumping on that, why have we signed this guy? But no, let you know. We need to we need to be positive. Four minutes of added time, as I was gonna say, but before I realised I'd missed out, um, uh, previous opportunity. Four minutes of time were added on and played out. And Craig Clay had a shot that went over the bar. And with no further talking points, the full time whistle went. Tranmere taking all three points and Orient making it two consecutive losses. Yeah. So Kenny Jacket spoke to Dave Victor after the game. Kenny didn't mince his words. Said it how it was, like he always does. To be fair to him, praised young. <laughs> He was critical of some of the misses of the chances, Smith, Drynan and Happy in particular. Um, but gave a good interview. I hope Kenny's all right. His face looked Rash. not very yeah. well. He's, he's, he's looked like a couple of times after matches. Maybe it's the cold or something. It gets to him, Kenny, we hope you're well and have a lovely Christmas. So we're not going to hear from Kenny Jacket this evening, but we are going to hear from the commentating duo, the masters of what they do. So let's have the first message up from the pair. This is Mr... Dave Victor. It's been a year when the faithful were able to return and it wasn't the same without them. A year of change and development and a year when the O's finally reached the third round of the FA Cup. 2022 promises so much for our club and I'm looking forward to it. 
Thank you, Paul and Steve, for keeping us informed and entertained and sharing the wide range of views of Lake Noyant supporters. I wish everybody a special Christmas and a very happy new year. So thank you, Dave. And thank you very much for sending us all the uh, post-match interviews that you do. We're sorry that we don't use them all the time, but very, very kind of you to do that, and we will use as much as we can. Unfortunately, as people may have gathered by now, we don't have post-match press passes anymore. Uh, the club have decided uh, not to um, to uh, offer that to us or any of the other uh, fan media, uh, and that's their prerogative, and, and that's fair enough. So we are reliant on Dave uh, for the snippets that we can use, and thanks to the club for allowing Dave to do that and for us to use them. So that was Dave. So his partner in crime, Mr Matt Hiscock, mm. has also sent us a message. So this is a Christmas message from Matt. Good evening, Orient Outlook podcast listeners. This is Matt Hiscock, half of the Match Day commentary team on Orient Live. Hope everyone is keeping well. Just want to take this opportunity to wish everybody associated with the O's a very Merry Christmas and more importantly, good health in 2022. On the field, the O's are very much in the mix. I think we all agree January transfer window is going to be absolutely pivotal. But for me, nothing has changed. Top three has to remain the target. There's nothing to beat in this division and we've got a rare commodity in our ranks these days with a manager who has no less than three promotions on his CV. Let's hope it can be a fourth come May time. Let's get behind Kenny and the boys. Look forward to seeing you soon. Cheers now. Some great points there from yeah. Matt. Well done, Matt. Looking on the positive side, great to hear. And we hope you and your family, as well as Dave and his family, have a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. Excellent indeed. League table then. That loss sees us stay in ninth place in League Two. In the final game before Christmas, we've now played 22 games. We've won seven of them. We've drawn 10. We've lost five. Goal difference is 16 and we are on 31 points. So my views from yesterday's match, we've created enough in the second half to be coming away with at least a draw. Um, Funny how there's one rule, I think I said this earlier, for EFL clubs uh, and one rule for everybody else. It's a, it's a strange situation uh, that uh, we have uh, we find ourselves in and, and I still find it baffling that two-thirds of the league was called off and how the, 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 the EFL didn't just call the whole lot off. Not going to be too critical because of the circumstance. I don't think that would be fair. I think there was a huge opportunity for squad players um, there. I'm not sure whether or not they all took it. You know, Jaden Sweeney, uh, did very well. Uh, Matt Young did very well yesterday uh, as well. Um, I suspect Smith will be more heavily involved from now on as we look so much more threatening and dangerous uh, when when he came on. I think January transfer agenda has just got a whole lot clearer uh, in case it wasn't clear enough for, for Martin, for Kenny, for Joe uh, and the scouts. Uh, and we need a creative midfielder, someone that's going to help um, do, that, do that side of things while Craig Clay does the dirty defensive work uh, very well uh, and obviously a right back possibly to cover for Tom Jones uh, Tom James sorry although um it wouldn't be unusual I mean Jaden Sweeney um uh, Jaden Sweeney did a very good <laughs> you just <laughs> you caught that. that that's legendary but I don't think he did you just caught that um Jaden Sweeney did a good job yesterday so I think that he'll be buoyed by that and I think that he's probably earned the right to play against Colchester but I still think you know with with um uh, Tom being out for about three or four months now, that's pretty much the season by the time he gets his match fitness back. that's You're talking March, 
at best, maybe April, um, and then the season ends in May. So, you know, January is going to be a really, really, really important month for us. Yeah, I guess my view's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we had the chances, didn't we? You, I think we, what, spoke about two or three chances for Tranmere, and we've spoken about numerous chances for us that we've all failed to capitalise on. So it's not all doom and gloom. We created the chances, but I think, like I said, that's why some of these players play in League Two, which is not, not disrespectful. That's just their level, and that's where that's where they play. And I hoped Swindon would be a turning point, but since the Swindon game, we've you know, lost the two games since then, but I don't think you can fairly say yesterday was a normal defeat under normal circumstances. It wasn't, the team was nothing like what we expected it to look like. Um, and we go to a good game, and another day we score at least one of those chances, if not two, and take all three points. But, you know, big period coming up. I A lot of people are talking a lot about the transfer window. It'd be interesting to see what happens with that. Right back, yeah, you'd imagine so. I'm not sure everyone's going to see this creative midfielder that everyone craves. Not if you've got a Dan Kemp and Paul Smith in Kenny Jackets post-match interview. He spoke about Drynan, Smith and Smith playing up top. So he obviously sees a free up front when Paul Smith is available. That obviously means the midfield will have to change shape. So whether he has to push Theo Archibald to the left-hand side of the midfield or whether he changes the formation to accommodate Smith up front will be interesting. So he's got some big calls to make. He, Smith will obviously start win fit. So that means that someone is going to have to come out to accommodate that when he's got a fully fit side. So it'd be interesting to see who comes in. I mean, I, I think the squad is decent. I mean, you're not going to buy any more forwards, are you? You've got Smith and Drynan. You're not going to buy any more forwards. Centre-backs, no. You're not going to buy a new keeper, are you? A right-back, yeah. A left-back, you've got a left-back who doesn't play and you've got a left midfielder who plays at left-back. Centre-midfield, well, he's got a lot of options. So... I know everyone wants more players, but I think you're going to have to get two or three off the books to bring people in. Being realistic and speaking to Danny before about sustainability, I think they'll bring people in, but I think people have to be realistic. It's not going to be four or five people coming in. I think it'll be two or three strong additions and maybe one or two out, Hmm. I think. And Ruel can't even... We haven't even spoken about Ruel. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of tweets that I think cover Ruel, at least one or two, that will bring that to that talking point. But it'd be interesting. Everyone wants more reinforcements. But looking around, who do you bring in? If people want creative midfielder, then what is Dan Kemp doing at the club? If people want more... I can't imagine people would want another forward to come in with Satoru, Dryan, Smith, Smythe as the four. Yeah. You know, centre-backs, we've got a great a great centre-back pairing. Interesting times. You know, they've signed Riley, who, who's got to be on a, a decent wedge of money. I would imagine who's not played for us in that central midfield position. Clay's going nowhere. Pratty won't, will be going nowhere. He's a high earner. Some big, some big choices to be made. You know, I'd love to see loads of reinforcements coming in Jan. Can't see many though. Although a lot of tweets would like that, and Nigel did allude to some January transfer activity, which we've all got our fingers crossed for. But real big, big couple of weeks now for it. But at the same time, not sure how much football we're going to see played over the next couple of weeks. It'll be an interesting, an interesting period to be an Orient fan. Yeah, absolutely. So those were our views. A huge amount of feedback came into our social media accounts. Uh, after this match, as you can probably imagine, our social media accounts, you probably know by now, are sponsored by Town & Country, Hearts & Essex Estate Agents. They're at Hearts Town on Twitter and also at Charlie underscore Paul. And we were very, very delighted to have Charlie and his team sponsor our social media accounts this year. And we got a quick message from Charlie uh, Paul from Hearts Town, at Hearts Town. 
Hello lads, it's Charlie from Town & Country Estate Agents. Just wanted to wish you boys, all the Orient fans, players and staff, a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And fingers crossed we're all celebrating promotion in May. Cheers lads, up the O's. Top man, Cheers, Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. And well done on winning the Harry Kane t shirt, Harry Kane football shirt in the LOFC partners draw. Yeah. You lucky, lucky boy. So well done to Charlie. We hope you and everyone at Townhurst has a most wonderful Christmas possible. So loads of views like Mr. Levy said. Boatsy gets this week's underway. He said, gutted as we played well. All I ever demand is a team that tries, and we did just that. Loads of fighting togetherness with a depleted squad. We're going to need that fight over the coming weeks with COVID and injuries taking their toll. Joe Jessner, 16, said, Outside of James and Archibald, the standard of crossing in this team is abysmal. Every time we need Kemp to step up and carry the burden, he can't seem to manage it. I understand where he's coming from on that because I think Dan Kemp has, has not had the impact that we were all hoping he would. He was a promising player when we first signed him you know he played against us for West Ham youth I think he played against us uh, when he was on loan to somewhere else I can't remember where it was was it Blackpool maybe Stevenage Stevenage um, and, he, and he, he's a, there's a good player there maybe it's just he's not playing where he I don't know he, he plays behind the front the front guys so yeah it's just he's crossing his, from corners he just never beats the first man don't understand it, and I just—he's not as impactful as what Smith has been. So it's disappointing. I'm sure Dan would want to be doing better than what he is, but um, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of criticism for Dan Kemp that we won't read out. I kind of disagree about the abysmal crossing. I mean, Smith's had two on his head on a plate, and I think, you know, obviously with James Marchwood out of the team, two of the best crosses in the league, you're going to struggle a bit more. But I actually thought the crossing was okay and created enough chances. So Spartacus. 1957 said, so proud of our Orient boys today. Backs to the wall and only got beat by one goal. Big up, Orient. Love you, boys. Trouser Techno said, disappointing outcome, but a reasonable performance given the circumstances. Insufficient quality coming from midfield limited our opportunities, but when they did come after Smith came on, we managed to miss them. Tranmere were nothing special and we probably deserved the point. Yeah, decent tweet there. Ian David, one, two, three, four. It's disappointing to lose. However... With several key players missing and a limited squad, I think we play well. We create changes and one mistake allowed them to create a goal. Definitely an improved performance. Dan Orton, 2590, tweeted a few points. He said, loss was inevitable, played OK uh, away and got nothing again for the millionth time. Tranmere were terrible but still won and we deserve to lose. Dan Kemp is useless, not a footballer and our delivery was the worst it's ever been. We're a mid-table side. Well, Wrecker blew out. So slightly disappointed to lose that. There wasn't that much in it from what I could see on the stream. And I thought, while we obviously missed James going forward, Sweeney was decent enough mm. defensively. First half, we looked better. Second half, though, we had better chances and felt like we deserved a point. One Adam Conway said, abysmal second half after a promising first half. Lack of character in the team, even with experienced players missing. When we concede away, heads drop and we never look like we're getting back into it. The squad is wafer thin and needs reinforcements in January or it's a mid-table job. Bob Dollocks won. So morning enough to win the game, let alone draw it. Cannot keep losing to poor teams. Suggests we have enough players unavailable at Colchester to call that and the Newport game off. Desperately, 
need new blood. Pandemonium1881 said, I really hope fans are not going to moan. Absolutely bare bones today. And from what I heard, we fought hard, but caught out by one mistake. And just that lack of quality in the final third. Yes, we likely need a bit of strengthening in January. And yes, it's disappointing, but it could be far worse. Absolutely. C Gibson, underscore 89. So if I was rule, I'd be off in January. Utterly pathetic. Yet again, he sat on the bench when we were chasing a goal and leave three centre-halves on the pitch. That's a fair comment. And look, I think Kenny doesn't like changing it up at that point. When he's come on, it's just been a straight swap, as far as I can remember. He doesn't really take off a centre-back to push another one up front. He likes to keep that five or that three at the back to have the two wing-backs pushing up. He doesn't really like to veer away from that, Kenny. So, as it stands, Everwell didn't get on yesterday. He must be sitting there quite frustrated, you would imagine. Couldn't bring on... Couldn't bring on Ruel instead of Smith then? Give Harry Smith, like, is he undroppable? You know, he's missing chances. He's to be at the moment, mate. Pardon? He's to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tom D. Simmons, underscore Tom, said, a defeat, yes, but at least a decent performance, unlike last week, which is a very valid point. Clearly playing resources uh, at the... Clearly playing resources at the club are stretched to breaking point. Kenny Jackett faces a tough time to cement a top seven finish if fitness doesn't improve or some new faces don't arrive in January. Ita Newman said, didn't think the performance was too bad. Personally, I think Smith should have started, though he offers an extra bit of skill. Great strike, though, by Spiri. Molly Folly, 2019, said, decent display under the circumstances. Have to take your chances, but not running for us at the moment. When we win, we win comfortably, but it's these tight games that matter. Winning by the odd goal. Smith's performance, Paul Smith's performance, hopefully signals what's to come. E10 underscore rifles. Said one win in the last five league games, picking up just four points. The O's need to turn things around and quick. LOFC underscore Ed said, Frankly, I'm very surprised we kept it at 1-0, considering we were down to the bare bones. Sounds like we've done quite well. I will use this as a massive positive. Yeah, his brother tweeted us straight after. Ryan underscore 36. And overall, a reasonable display given the circumstances. Should have taken a point. If we and Harry Smith weren't wasteful in front of goal, I think the group as a whole needs a year to gel and work out the kinks before we are ready to challenge for promotion. Philip Wicello said, need to look at the positive side. Prior to today's encounter, Orient have lost fewer than one in five matches, the second lowest loss rate in League Two, scored the second highest number of goals and conceded the third fewest goals. Tranmere's defence is the best in the league. Stato. Interesting Stato. stats. Yeah, well, when you look well, at it in the bare bones and, and, and the hard day, they're not just rubbish facts. That's literally how it is. So it's, yeah, it's, well, it's interesting, yeah. Yeah, great stuff, Philip. Chef Kemp won. So proud of the lads who had to come into the side. Fought so hard, but sadly couldn't do enough. Just it wasn't an easy game with all the noticeable absences. Let's move on to the next one. And hopefully we'll have a few guys back. Uh, Wittering Act. New one for me said, Happy was outstanding at the back. A rock. Obvious how important Archibald and James's delivery is to the system, though. Thanks for your hey, tweet, though. Yeah, Stuart, 1973. Said, under the circumstances, I can't see how you can overly criticise that performance, work rate or desire. <laughs> on another day, we could have come away with a point. Accept it, move on. Some fans, as we all know, are incredibly deluded and just use social media to make stupid comments. So the penultimate word this week and this year goes to Orient Boy, who says, our away form is inconsistent. Performance, our, our away form, inconsistent performances and a lack of squad depth means we go into Christmas not where we want to be, but still half a season to go 
and a January window to come. Keep the faith, but we'll need some in the new, some new year momentum to bring delight in May. Shame I can't read it properly. And the final word of this podcast, and the final word of 2021, goes to Parksy 1881, which is an absolute joke that we were made to play. About to take our chances to come home with something. A fighting performance missing. Five first-choice players. If the league season is temporarily suspended tomorrow, then you'd have to question the EFL and their procedures once again. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that have been read out this evening. You can let us know what you think by tweeting us at Orient Outlook or by e- emailing us at orientoutlook@outlook.com. We're also on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast and we are also on Instagram, Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. Absolutely. So, the Carol Langley Florist Prediction League update. Sponsors Carol Langley are an established local business in Chingford, East London, specialising in bespoke flowers for all occasions and events. We're delighted to have John, Tina and the team from at Carol Langley E4 uh, with us this season. You can contact them uh, on Twitter. You can contact the main man, John, at EssexBiz directly if you want to with any of your last minute Christmas orders or any special occasions that you've got and John has very very kindly sent us a message in so here's uh, John McIntyre from Carol Langley Florist Hi guys hope you're well it's John from Carol Langley Flower Shop uh, proud sponsors of the Prediction League on the Orient Outlet podcast just thought I'd want to drop you a line just to wish everyone a really Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hope you all have a safe one with your families. Uh, if you need any flowers for anyone in the next week and you can't get to see them over Christmas, drop me a DM or you can go to www.carollangley.co.uk and we'll be happy to help out. Have a good one, everyone, and I'll see you down the Orient very soon. Great stuff. Thank you to John for all your support in 2021. A great partnership developing between yes. John and ourselves. We love our sponsors very much. So there were a few correct predictions in this one. Well done to our house of 19, Jason Kilby 6 and Nick underscore Clark 99 and Poplar 32, who all predicted the correct score. So they got three points. Does mean the top of the league table stays the same. Leading away on 18 points is at Nino underscore Barone, followed on 16 points by Leighton Laurie and Parksy 1881 with LFC and third place on 12 points. And thank you to everyone who sends in their predictions to us before any match day. It is absolutely staggering the amount we get. So thank you to everyone who gets involved with that. So a quiet day uh, for Sunday, uh, Sunday as we record this. What's the date today? The 19th. So um, we're going to play a very quick message, very nice message from someone we don't hear from uh, very much. And we're delighted to have Marshall Taylor who sent a message to the Orient Outlet podcast. So thank you, Marshall. Marshall Taylor from the Lane Orient Football Club board here. Just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to all the listeners of the Orient Outlet podcast. Thank you for supporting the club both on and off the field this year. It's been really appreciated by everybody at the club. Um, Just wanted to wish you all a merry, merry Christmas and a prosperous 2022. Up the O's. Lovely message. Thank you very much to Marshall. Wishing him and his family a lovely Christmas. So let's wrap up this bad boy then for the last time in 2021. Fantasy Football Update in Jack Merritt is top of the Orient Outlook podcast. Fantasy Football League. He's got 1,221 points. He's ahead of Connor Monk 
in second place on 1,204 points. I've had a bit of a bad week. I'm in 221st place out of 315 players. So for the last time this year, Bearded Lejande, there will be positives and negatives of the week. So I'll let you do this week's positives. Yeah, so we've got two apiece here. Obviously, the return of Paul Smith uh, we see as a positive and the away support travelling in in good numbers. We don't know what the exact attendance was, but you know, there's a large number of people on our timeline that have made the effort to go all the way up to Liverpool. So kudos to you guys. And generally the away support this season I think has been phenomenal. I think people really missed it last season and I think even more people are making the effort to go. So credit yeah, to them. Great yeah. shout. Great shout. Two negatives in. I guess the first one's pretty obvious. The fact that the squad and the team are down to bare bones due to injuries, COVID, suspension. Five first team starters Tom James, Alex Mitchell, Omar Beckles, Theo Archibald, Hector Kipriano, all unavailable yesterday. You would imagine that they all would have been named on that starting 11 team sheet. That's almost 50% of your starting 11. Well, if you include Darren Prattley, if you include Darren Prattley in that as well. It's, yeah, there are others as well, yeah. yeah. So crazy that. So that's the first negative. And the second was obviously the result away to Tranmere means back to back losses in League Two. So for the last time in 2021, then. Let's do the Carol Langley Flores Hero of the Week. Yeah, we were unanimous in our thoughts here. And as it's the last show of the year, we are going to give the Carol Langley Florist Hero of the Week award to... The fans who travelled to Tranmere. So kudos to all of you who made that amazing effort, particularly given how cold it is and given, given the world's circumstances at the moment. Yeah, so well done to everyone who made that journey. So at this point, we'll talk about next week's fixtures. We're going to talk about the fixtures over the Christmas period. So the O's don't play again now for another week, as we mentioned when we spoke to Danny. But who knows what will happen and change in that time. So as it stands, we're scheduled for an away trip to Colchester on Boxing Day, Sunday the 26th of December. This one kicks off at 3pm. Colchester having a difficult season themselves. They're 20th in League 2. Their game away to Hartlepool yesterday was called off. They uh, have... In the last five, they've won two, drawn two, and lost one. So, going away to the team in 20th place, you'd be hoping for a win off the back of that one. Yeah, absolutely. We follow this up with our last game of 2021, the calendar year, with the visit at home of Newport County. That's happening on Wednesday the 29th of December. That kicks off at 7.45. Newport are currently sixth in League Two. After a 3-0 loss to Rochdale over this weekend, they've won two, drawn two and lost one of their last five games. That's going to be an interesting and difficult fixture as well. Yeah, if it goes ahead. Then we have the visit of Bristol Rovers on Saturday the 1st of January, New Year's Day. This one kicks off at 3 o'clock. The game at Scunthorpe was postponed yesterday. They're currently 17th in League 2. We comprehensively smashed them away earlier in the season. I think it was 3-0. I remember that rightly. So the last five league games, they've won one, drawn two and lost two. And by the time we record our next podcast, we will have played championship outfit Stoke City away in the third round of the FA Cup. So four, four big games coming up in the next three weeks for the Mighty O's. Yeah, so a sponsorship reminder. Don't forget for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or Instagram for all your plastering and rendering needs. Yeah, so before we leave you for this year and wish you a nice Christmas, we've got one more person to bring you some message from. He's got two messages 
It's our favourite text, and I smile every time I hear his voice. When I first heard this this morning, when it came over, I smiled instantly at my screen. So, ladies and gentlemen, the last two messages of the On and Out podcast Christmas special come from the one and only Mr. Kent Teague. Hello, all y'all. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Up the O's. We at Leighton Orient are truly blessed to have so many great fans and so many great supporters. We really do wish you all the best during this holiday season. Lovely. Lovely way to end it. Fantastic messages. And thanks to everyone who took the time to send those messages to us. We are genuinely honoured and grateful and humbled that people still send them to us. So thank you to every one of you who's done that. Yeah, so that is it then. Thanks for joining us for episode 269. It was a quiet week off the pitch for the O's and on the pitch. Despite much of good performance from last week, the result away to Tranmere wasn't the one we were after as the O's slipped to one of defeat as the squad was truly down to its bare bones, meaning Kenny could only name four subs on the bench. So with a busy three games in six days coming up over Christmas and New Year, a depleted squad and an increasing COVID situation. Who knows if we'll see any football over the festive season. But if we do, we'll be reporting on it as always. And hopefully we'll be talking about a few wins and a healthy squad in our next episode. And if you're listening on iTunes, please give us a subscribe and a, and a five-star rating. It helps people to find our podcast if they're looking for an Orient-friendly podcast. So you can also do that on whatever platform you get your podcasts on. They're available everywhere. So if you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn or Stitcher, add us to your favourites and that way you'll have the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. We're also on all smart speakers and the fan engagement app FanHub, which is brilliant. So listening to us couldn't be any easier if we tried. If you've got an older relative, a loved one, a Orient chum, if you're seeing relatives over the course of the Christmas period um, who would like some easy listening and to, to be kept informed about what's going on at the Orient, pass the pod, tell, tell them about it and help spread the message. Yeah, so we'll end by saying just a massive, huge thank you to everyone who has listened to any of the episodes this year or who has been a guest on the podcast or who has interacted with us on social media or said hello at any grounds we've seen them at. Truly appreciated. We're always, always humbled with the reach of this podcast. Truly amazing that the listening figures and the social figures have come through. A massive thank you as well to Danny Macklin for giving up his Sunday evening to come on the podcast. And like Paul said, for everyone who sent their Christmas messages for this episode. So amazing that, you know, you can ask the boards and they'll be like, yeah, absolutely no problem. Ex-players, absolutely no problem. We would have had some from the actual players as well. But like Danny said earlier, like you probably would have seen, Kenny didn't do any kind of post-match stuff because the players and the manager aren't away from the training ground. Otherwise, we would have had some from the players as well. So massive thank you, I guess, to everyone at the club who has helped us this season. But most importantly, thanks to everyone who continues to listen to our fantastic podcast we'll be back with episode 270 on monday the 9th of january the day after stoke and we'll have all the information and views that you could ever need so we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm stay safe have a very merry christmas and a happy new year and listen to the orient outlook podcast up the o's